Hello and welcome to the Faith Meets Mental Health podcast. I'm Kim Boswell and this is a ministry of Fraser Church and I'm so excited this week I had the opportunity uh, to have a Zoom call with Sabrina Doomlau who is a wonderful advocate and person uh, who is sharing her story about her mental health journey and how her faith played such a major role in her recovery. So it's so great to see you yesterday at the opening of the Crisis Center in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I was very glad to see you there. I know that was an exciting day for you guys. Yes, indeed. We've been, I've been there since January, waiting for it to open. So it was very exciting. Yeah. And I, I was glad to meet you. I had the opportunity to meet you at the NAMI conference just briefly. Uh, so I was very glad uh, to learn about your role as a peer specialist and all the work that you're going to be doing there. But unfortunately, I missed the presentation at the NAMI conference uh, where you shared a little bit about your journey. And so today, I think we're going to spend a little time talking about kind of your journey and uh, kind of your path to recovery and just really how your faith uh, was such a big part of that. And uh, I'm very excited to uh, for you to share that because I really, I really do feel like our trials and tribulations on this earth are really designed uh, for us to go through and then be able to give our testimony so other people can have hope. Uh, so I know that your story will be inspiring and provide a lot of hope for others. So uh, just really glad you're willing to share that with us today. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. So tell us about your journey, kind of how it started and uh, really just a little bit about um, your experience and how you got to this place of being in the mental health community and being a peer support specialist and helping others? Well, um, it started off in early childhood. I was, um, my mother and my grandmother both suffer from schizophrenia and my grandmother has severe alcoholism. And um, my mother and father divorced when I was about two. So I was raised primarily by my mother and grandmother for the first five years. And endured a lot of abuse, um, severe neglect, um, and just a lot of weird things that psychotic people can do. Um, I, I, at age six, I was able to go and live with my dad, which was my best day ever in my life. Um, my dad was my hero. I loved him very much, and I knew he loved me. Um, and... After a few years, he uh, remarried, and we had a blended family. Um, I didn't get along very well with my stepmother, especially, um, so I was kind of a loner most of my childhood, but I sought solace in my animals. We lived on a farm, and I had horses and cows and a raccoon, I mean, all kinds of animals, and I would literally... Um, go sit and sing to them. I would talk to them. I'd cry to them. I'd lay on them um, for my comfort. And I also, um, I started running at that time. 
and to kind of get my energy out and fell in love with running. Um, and then I, uh, fast forwarding, I, I became a student at University of Alabama. And during my sophomore year, um, I was on a retreat with the college department at my church. And uh, Saturday morning on September 6th, my um, pastor came and pulled myself and a couple of my friends out. I thought we were going to do kitchen duty or something, but um, he brought me in a room and I saw my stepsister standing there, and, which was very odd. Was, we ran in different circles. <laughs> and um, she started to tell me what I thought she was going to tell me is that her grandmother passed. And instead, she said, Dad passed. Dad passed away last night of an asthma attack. And he was 43 years old. And it was the day wow. before my 50th birthday. And I fell to the ground. And that's the first time I think I I snapped inside. Um, I, I knew my life was never going to be the same again. And I didn't really have a home or family um, support. And so I came back here to Tuscaloosa and became even more involved in my church and um, spent time with um, my adopted college parents through the church. And um, just they just brought me in as part of their family and they listened to me and cared for me and showed me a lot of love and grace. Um, and I ended up graduating in 1991 with my degree in education but I was very lost. I mean, I really didn't know what to do with myself. And I decided I would go as far away to California because that's where I, I thought I could start all over. I could be anybody I want to be and leave all this past stuff behind. I hadn't yet figured out though, that wherever you go, you take yourself with you. <laughs> so yeah, I, a friend of mine used to have a, a t-shirt that said, everywhere you go, there you are. <laughs> Um, and I did go through nursing school. It was a real struggle for me uh, mentally, um, just adjusting to a new, you know, life in California, and then the intensity of the, the the nursing school and my anxiety. And but I made it. I graduated, and um, I started right away working in um, mental health uh, as a charge nurse. They promoted me right away. Um, I worked in the locked unit for adolescents and also um, with adults. Adolescents were my, there's my heart because those kids just, you know, there were a lot of them that were the foster kids. And when the foster parents wanted to go on a weekend trip, they'd dump them in the hospital and um, with no clothes, you know, and uh, it was just heartbreaking. So I did that for about 17 years um, and then we I got married and we started trying to have a family and it I had five miscarriages um, so when I was 38 is when I had my first daughter Michaela and then I was 41 when I had Olivia and the loves of my life <laughs> um, and then I went back to work I was working as a home health nurse and I was doing great. Um, I was kind of at the highlight of my career and I'd been 
just um, recognized as Nurse of the Year Award at our hospital, nominated by my peers. And I just, I mean, it was like the best thing. And then in the same year, um, I found out that my husband was cheating on me. And the part that made it difficult is my husband, he's an attorney. His sister um, works for the chief of police in our town. And so I was being followed and all, I mean, it was just, it was really, um, it really messed with my brain a lot. And um, we had gone camping one weekend and I came back and I felt like there was like sand or something in my eye and I kept picking at it and picking at it. And then it continued to get worse and my eye completely got infected and I started um, feeling like I had fly larvae living under my, I mean, I could feel them wiggling in my nose and my, in my eye. I got to the point where I even tried to cut it out of my own eye because it was that bad. I would see them jump in my food. Um, I mean, it was just, it was awful. Um, nobody of course believed me. Um, I went to different doctors. I, because I started having um, hair loss and, and like these horrible lesions that were very painful. And this went on from 2014 to 2020. And um, I ended up spending a lot of time in bed, um, started out as days, then weeks, then months. Um, but somehow during that time, um, God gave me a little bit of umph, and I uh, was able to run, train and run for three marathons, the LA Marathon. And that was just triumphant for me. That was, I think, the very beginning of my healing. Um, and in 2019, I ended up uh, in the hospital for a perforated stomach ulcer. Um, I was very out of tune with my body at the time. Um, so I ignored any kind of discomforting pains. And, um, when I was taken into the hospital, they rushed me into surgery and the surgeon, uh, said that when he opened me up, my pancreas just fell off basically from all of the infection. So I only have about 20% of my pancreas. They had to take out, um, a portion of my intestine and my stomach. And then they thought, I, they assumed that I was going to be diabetic. So they were pumping me up with insulin and I started crashing. And um, so something, I'm not sure what happened to where they had to take me back into surgery a second time and remove my spleen. And, um, and then I had to have a blood transfusion. And while I was... Um, in surgery both of those times and, and in the blood transfusion, you know, you're not fully conscious. Um, but I had the most uh, magnificent experience. It makes me get choked up to talk about it. Um, I went up to heaven um, three times and it was the most amazing thing. I, um, I was up on a big marshmallowy cloud and it was, it was like, you know, kids who are happy and jumping up and down. And um, 
the Lord was telling me that my everything that I've been carrying my whole life is forgiven and 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 it's done. Um, I don't have to carry that anymore because he needs that room in me to be able to do some other things. And um, it was amazing. I, I, I had that same experience three times and I saw my dad in heaven. I saw my dog when I was little. Um, I, the support, the heavenly support was just astounding. Um, and I, when I came back from my um, blood transfusion, um, I was about 20 minutes away from them having to disconnect me. Um, they didn't think I was going to make it. And I remember I felt like I came up from this breath of, I mean, from a spring of water that was fresh. And I, I felt like a million pounds lighter. And um, the nurse was just so happy that I had pulled through. Um, and I was very transformed from that moment. Um, I, my daughters had recently been baptized in the Catholic church and my husband was Catholic. So I decided that I was ready. Um, and I went through the, all the classes. It was about nine months of classes. And, um, I learned so much. I got all my questions answered and my faith just my connection with God just became real. I mean, I was no longer afraid of him. Um, and I, um, my faith, I, I continued. I was in a rosary group um, for a while. And, um, and that was sustaining me um, up until uh, December of 2020. And I stepped outside and I, overheard my husband talking bad about me to my neighbor and I just that was just the last straw for me and I thought that was my last ticket out because I was under 90 pounds I wasn't eating um and I my daughters were having to see me that way every day and um I just made the decision that if I'm going to live, I, I got to get out of here. And it was the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I left my, my precious daughters um, behind. But Michaela, my older one, she was, um, she was about 14 at the time. And um, she endorsed me leaving. And she says, Mom, I know if you leave, you're going to get help. And I want you to get help. And so that that gave me the extra motivation. And so I, um, I packed up and I drove myself um, cross country and it was a nerve wracking drive because I still had the parasite stuff. I was just, I was a mess. And um, I was homeless, lived in my car for a while. And until I, um, I reached Alabama and I, I thought on a wing and a prayer, I can call, let's see if I can get a hold of my friend Lita. I hadn't spoken to her in years. And um, when she answered and I told her what was going on, she said, come on. And um, I felt like I was going home. Again. 
And um, since I came here to Tuscaloosa, um, I have just been flooded with love from the Lord. I mean, um, I'm astounded every day at the, at the blessings that he gives me. And um, I have a very strong passion to share my story, to give people hope, because it's not easy. Um, I think my marathon used to kind of mentally help me. Like if I'm in a down spot, I'm like, okay, I'm at the wall now. That's not, that doesn't last forever. So just persevere, persevere. And, and that's what, what I do. I, I'm active in my women's Bible study. I'm um, very active with NAMI. Um, NAMI and Wings have helped me so much in my recovery here. Um, uh, I mean, I just, they're my tribe, <laughs> as I call them. Um, and as you can see, my hair has grown back. I put on some weight. Um, <laughs> um, I'm working um, at Hope Point Crisis Center that just opened yesterday in Tuscaloosa. And I'm a peer specialist. But uh, yesterday, after work, I was on a run. I went running to kind of, you know, de-stress everything. And that's a lot of times when God talks to me. And because all during the training that, that we've been doing, I keep gravitating toward wanting to do the RN's job because it's just kind of in me. And um, so the Lord was telling me yesterday, you got your, your California licenses active. All you need to do is just, you know, transfer it to Alabama. And I think I'm ready now to um, to do nursing again on some level, um, especially in this area, mental mental health. And I just um, I feel very appreciative and honored that um, you would have me share my story. Um, and I hope to be able to spread hope and love and joy for other people, my peers. What an amazing story. I mean, um, so many different opportunities and uh, just the amazing way that God, you know, showed up just when you needed him uh, yes. every time. Um, and it's also very amazing to me. Um, you heard the executive director, Karen uh, Jones, yesterday uh, talk about how she sees God being so involved in the opening of the crisis center. Yeah. Uh, so yesterday was a little bit different. All of the crisis center openings have been different. Uh, but she was, you know, obviously her faith is such a big part of what she does every day and a ministry instead of a job. And so it's really amazing to me that you wound up at the crisis center where you have a person who's leading the organization who also has a very strong faith. Yes. Uh, and obviously that's a God thing as well. He's, he's continuing to look after you and <laughs> everything <Yeah>. you do. <laughs> um, so it's really um, interesting to hear uh, the different journeys and we do know, and I don't know if you've, I read some of the science behind 
you know, getting involved in athletic activities like running or swimming or uh, some of those things, there's really actually science behind it that shows it really does help rewire your brain from trauma. Mm -hmm. And even though it doesn't take the trauma away uh, and you still have to deal with that, it does help give your brain a little breathing space. And that's exactly what you described is, you know, if you're getting stressed or so you were sort of treating your own trauma by running without knowing it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. And of course now um, animal therapy, pet therapy is huge. Having a support animal uh, we know makes a huge difference in so many people's lives uh, and you had a ready-made set of support animals at your farm as well. Yes. Uh, so it just feels like God was like, had his hand on you like the whole time as, as difficult as those circumstances were, there was some way he was sort of trying to offset what was happening, you know, the negative things that were happening. So Uh, And I'm with you. My first job was in a child and adolescent unit, and I loved it for the exact same reasons you did. You know, Mm -hmm. I came from a very chaotic family, a very dysfunctional family. And so I felt right at home with with the (laughs) kids. Um, But it's also some of the most rewarding work, too, when you see um, the kids who are really struggling and I'm sure having that kind of compassion, having been there yourself and been through some things that made all the difference in the world. Um, So how are you feeling about your faith journey now? And how do you kind of see, I mean, I am so excited to know that you're there at Hope Point because I just feel like it's going to bring so much hope to others who come in the door. And as you know, in Tuscaloosa, uh, we're kind of very concerned about the student population um, there in Tuscaloosa uh, because it's a very stressful time during college. And um, I feel like you'll be kind of uniquely qualified to help them through that. So how are you feeling about being in that role? I am just I mean, my heart just exploded yesterday when we opened. I'm like, finally, you know, (laughs) And get my all the stuff I've been containing for since January. <laughs> but I will say that in all that downtime, we we did a lot of training, but we had a lot of downtime. But the beautiful part is that we know each other really well. And I I I feel like these people, I they got my back, you know. I feel like we are a very strong team and um and that's a really great feeling. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, there are a lot of folks who were hired. I know um, I know the clinical director is a person in recovery, long-term recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from what I remember in talking to Karen, there are lots of folks who, no matter what their role is in the organization, have bring to the table a lot of lived experience. Absolutely. And it makes it really great. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, that's uh that's unique and I and I will say um Tuscaloosa Crisis Center, they're our fifth crisis center that we've opened 
and it just has a completely different feel to it. Like it is so welcoming. And so, uh, you know, I was joking, but not joking with Karen yesterday. I'm like the Holy spirit showed up big time Mm. yesterday at that event. I mean, from the governor's remarks to every, everything that was said, uh, was orchestrated and it wasn't orchestrated by us because none of us coordinated what we were going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was teasing Karen. I'm like, okay, so wow, the Holy Spirit showed up and uh, there were, it's probably the largest uh, participation we've had. There were probably around 200 people there. It was an absolutely beautiful day. Uh, and that only happens when we let God be in charge of the event instead of us. And um, it was just, uh, it was, it was a great day. It really was absolutely great day. Uh, and I'm so excited about the work you're going to be able to do there. I know that you are going to change lives. I mean, I feel like you're in the best spot ever. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> This is my home now. (laughs) So are you still running? And what are kind of some of your spiritual practices that you have now that you really feel like if you were going to advise someone who's maybe struggling, uh, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of particularly their spiritual walk? Well, uh, for me, um, I'm very plugged in at at my church um, in the uh, women's Bible study has been very um, key to my um, spiritual life. Um, I'm very close with um, a lady named Patty. She is the deacon's wife, and I feel like she's like my mother, the mother I never had and always wanted. Um, and she mentors me, and I've got you know a lot of women that mentor me that way. Um, running is definitely a spiritual thing for me. Um, and just being out in nature, um, just, you know, appreciating the, the grass and the trees and, and hearing the whispers of, of God through the trees. Um, just, um, and then I do, I like to write, um, write things and yeah. Yay. <laughs> yes. I made an error in judgment and, um, stopped doing my Bible study, my women's Bible study, which I've been doing for 15 years. We've been together as a group for 15 years. And I just felt like this summer, it things were so busy. We had a lot of um, deaths in our extended family. You know, my granddaughter decided that she needed to have her college graduation at our house. And so <laughs> there's just a lot going on. And uh, all good, you know, a lot of it, good stuff, but I just couldn't figure out how I was going to juggle, you know, doing Bible study. And I just started back this week and I was so excited to get back. And I'm like, that was the dumbest move I've made lately because the women just having that experience, you know, with the women that I've been with for like 15 years uh, I just missed them so much because I wasn't in Bible study. And then I found myself, you know, just not being in God's word as much as I needed to be. And um, I won't do that again anytime soon. 
<laughs> but you know how it is sometimes it's like the priorities um you know get upside down a little bit and it's easy to get off track uh, and before you know it you can be in trouble if you don't keep those things in place so uh, it sounds like you have a really good plan in place and i also carry this wherever i go um my friend patty brought it back from the holy land and i think it's made out of all of wood and i just it's like i just i know it's a reminder for me yeah 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 well little did i know when i met you a few weeks ago we'd be doing a podcast together but uh thank you sabrina thank you for sharing your story uh it is absolutely a story of hope and i can't wait to see all the exciting things you're going to be able to do uh as a, a role model for people uh working at the crisis center hope point in tuscaloosa and um just so glad that you listened to that calling and kept your faith and uh, wow, God has done an amazing thing in your life. And I'm so glad you're willing to share it with people. Thank so you. thank you. Thank you. All right. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review wherever you get your podcast. And remember, you can view these episodes on our YouTube channel as well as youtube.com slash Church.